0: Hello, and welcome to the Text in Us podcast. I'm your host, George Fricks, and I'm here with my co-host, L. Grover Fricks, to resume our discussion in Genesis chapter 35.
1: That's right. We are here partway through this Yaakov story, so uh, I'm going to dive right in. All right. Uh, Scroll a bear sheet, chapter 35. God said to Yaakov, rise, go up to Beth El. Settle there and make there a place of slaughter to God who was seen by you when you bolted from the face of Esav, your brother. Yaakov said to his house and to all that were with him, Turn from the foreign gods that are in the midst of you. Bathe and brighten yourselves. Change your dresses. I would have us rise and go up to Beit El." I will make there a place of slaughter to God who answered me in the day I was trapped in a narrow place. He has been standing with me in the path that I have walked. They gave to Yaakov all the foreign gods that were in their hands and the rings in their ears. Yaakov hid and buried them beneath a strong tree that was with Shechem. They pulled up their tent pegs and journeyed. There was a knee-shattering terror of God over the cities surrounding them. They did not pursue after the sons of Yaakov. Yaakov came to Luz in the land of Kanaan, that is, Beit El, he and all the people that were with him. He built there a place of slaughter. He called the place El, Beit El, for there the gods had been unveiled to him in bolting from the face of his brother. Devoah, the wet nurse of Rivka, died. She was buried below Beit El, under the strong, twisted tree. He called his name Alon Bachut, strong, twisted tree of weeping. God was seen by Yaakov again when he came from Padana Aram. He blessed him. God said to him, your name Yaakov will not be your name again Yaakov, for Yisrael will be your name. He called his name Yisrael. God said to him, I am God Shaddai, bear fruit and become many. A nation and an assembly of nations shall be from you. Kings will go forth from the place that you make ready for battle. The land that I gave to Avraham and to Yitzchak, to you I will give, and to your seed after you I give the land. God went up from over him in the place that he had spoken with him. Yaakov stationed a stationed stone in the place where he had spoken with him, a stationed stone. He poured upon it an offering like molten metal. He cast oil like molten metal upon it. Yaakov called the name of the place where God spoke with him Beit El. They pulled up their tent pegs and journeyed from Beit El, There was still a distance of land to come to Ephrata, I will be fruitful. Rachel birthed, and her birth was severe. It was when she was hard in birthing, the midwife said to her, Do not fear, for also this is a son for you. It was as her soul was departing, for she died, that she called his name Ben-Oni, son of my empty panting. His father called to him, Binyamin, son of my right hand. Rachel died. She was buried in the path of Ephrata, that is Beit Lachem, house of bread. Yaakov stationed a station stone upon her grave. This is the station stone of Rachel until this day. Yisrael pulled up their tent pegs and journeyed. He pitched his tent beyond the tower of the flock. It was when Yisrael abided in the land that Rubain walked and lay down with Bilhah, Bilagesh of his father. Yisrael, Shem'ad. There were 12 sons of Yaakov, the sons of Leah, the Bechor of Yaakov, Rubain, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, and Zavulun, the sons of Rachel, Joseph and Benjamin, the sons of Bilhah, 10 servants of Rachel, Dan, and Naphtali, the sons of Zilpah, and servant of Leah, Gad, and Asher. These were the sons of Yaakov who were born to him in Padanaram. Yaakov came to Yitzchak, his father, Mamre, Kiryat Arba, that is, Chevron, where Abraham had resided, and Yitzchak. The days of Yitzchak were 180 years. Yitzchak breathed out empty and died. He was gathered to his people, old and abundant with days. They buried him, Esav and Yaakov, his sons. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. Yeah. All right. Uh, A lot of things happening in this chapter. Uh, I mean... We say that pretty much every time because boys there are a lot happening and there is pretty much I, every chapter.
1: But here I feel like there's chiasms going on, there's lots of interesting repetitions, mm-hmm. there's drama, yeah. everything you could want, a random reminder of who all the sons are. <laughs> right?
0: Right, and I don't think it's that random, and I'll right. talk about it when I get there. <laughs> well, of course. Um,
1: it's never random, but it feels random to, you know, when reading a, in a narrative way. It does. It
0: feels random. There's a couple of, of things in here that are like, wait, wh- what? Right. You know, and it just keeps going, and you're like, uh, can we go back? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it right? doesn't. <laughs> like and Ruben. so, Yeah, and so uh, I think there are some interesting things there that I'm excited to talk about. Um Great uh but uh we got the beginning we, we have go. to do our due diligence yes and start at the beginning um so we'll have to hold off uh i split this into two portions uh uh nice and uh neat down the middle so verses 1 through 15 are part 1 verses 16 through 29 are part 2 great uh so let's get right into the text
1: and i mean before we can even say what god says to him we have to point out that verse one of chapter 35 comes immediately after the last verse of 34. So the brothers have just said, narratively, will he make our sister a sex worker? And then there's no response. And God all of a sudden pops up and says, hey, yeah, <laughs> let's go to Bethel or Bethel. Yeah. Uh-
0: <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I think that that's uh, important, right? not just go to Bethel, but settle there. Right. And going back to the idea that Yaakov was not supposed to be settling Shechem. next to Shechem. And uh, right. if we look at this chapter, uh, there are some mirrorings here back to the calling of Avram. Okay. In that God calls Avram mm-hmm. to go... And he, in verse twelve, uh, is in a similar similar location. Uh, he he uh, arrives in the land of Canaan mm-hmm. and crosses into the land from the east of Shechem. Okay, right. There so you go. same locations, and they both end up going to Betel.
1: You know, there's a tradition that you're going to just walk in the path of your ancestors, whatever that was, and hopefully there's points that you can redeem along the way. So those kinds of specific parallelisms, even though sometimes, especially with you, when you find such great things, I feel like we're playing George's parallelism bingo. Like, is it going to be eaten? Is it going to be loved? <laughs> um, this I week, mean, it's Abraham. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's this week. It's Abraham. Yeah. Uh...
1: And I think that the parallelisms that you find are totally true and totally there and totally in the text. So I'm excited to learn more about them. I'm just saying it makes sense because based on that belief that we walk in the steps of our ancestors, it's just not something that American Christianity at all is comfortable with or espouses in any type right. of way.
0: Right, right.
1: So. Well, <clears throat>
0: so uh, yeah, let's kind of discuss a little bit of that. So Avraham in... our Avram in genesis 12 is Mm -hmm. leaving uh and who is he leaving
1: uh he's leaving behind lot
0: well he's taking lot with him okay but he's leaving behind. chapter 12 right right, yeah he's leaving behind his brother oh uh uh-huh right and we see uh yaakov here god saying when you bolted from the face of Esau, your brother so Mm. we have this Mm. parallel of leaving your brother we have this calling of god to settle in this land um We have this calling to turn from the foreign gods. Right. right? Although
1: Yaakov supplies that on his own here.
0: Yeah. Uh, And uh, this bathe and brighten yourselves. Yeah. Is kind of like a a repentance calling, right?
1: Very much so. So first. I think it's fascinating that he knows that there's foreign gods. Like, apparently he didn't know that Rachel had stolen the the little healing figures situation. Mm, mm-hmm. um, but he does know that we're still worshiping foreign gods.
0: Yeah, the Midrash says that these ones specifically are the ones that they got from Shechem.
1: Okay, well, look at them. Uh, right, when they all took all the stuff and the families,
0: right, and brought them in.
1: Gotcha. Okay, well, that makes sense. And then I went with bathe and brighten yourselves, change your dresses. Um... Because, first off, the word dresses is all the way through Torah, and we usually change it out for something that feels more gender-neutral, like tunic or whatever.
0: Uh, yeah, garments <laughs> is right. what Yeah, the general translations say. There's
1: a word for clothes more generally. This is specifically dresses, but whatever. That's not the most important theological thing here. Uh, the brighten yourselves is from the root tohar, and it's one of the words that we use in... Um, the conversation around clean versus unclean. Yeah. Um, but sometimes when we talk about clean versus unclean, we really focus on what's making you dirty and gross and bad and therefore you're unclean. Right. And the emphasis is on the sin or rather whatever is getting in the way.
0: Sure, and we definitely see that in the other translations where there's where they say purify yourselves, be clean, right? It's definitely right. that language that they use.
1: Right. The picture behind the root tohar has to do with shining brightly like a gem. So it it's not so much the focus on you, you've got gross muck on you, but rather, hey, your original identity is something that's beautiful and gleaming and captures the light and sends it spinning out into the rest of the world, right? And so...
0: Like Mithril. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Perhaps, yeah, the Silmarils are within them. No, um, And so brighten yourselves. Yeah,
0: speaking of garden imagery.
1: I'm not trying to throw out all, <laughs> oh dear, all motifs and all theology around clean versus unclean because very clearly that's an important paradigm in the text. Right. However, what, especially when it's right next to bathe and change your dresses, it makes me really wonder if they had developed like a rigorous purification, right? Or whether it's just like get cleaned up and shine and look, look nice, you know? Um, and so that's why I went with brighten yourselves here rather than, okay, get your dirty sins off of you and whatever,
0: you know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that, uh, potentially there could be some research done into, uh, you know, the cultures, Mm-hmm. And what kind of bathing rituals did they have during this time?
1: Right, purification rites in general. Right,
0: uh, and yeah, and 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 maybe there's something there that would uh, kind of give some light uh, into that. I see
1: what you did there.
0: Yeah, uh, some
1: light. All right, so he tells them that, which is interesting because they still have a long journey, right? right. <laughs> uh and then says i want to go to betel and he says i would have us rise and go up to betel so he's not even like listen here family this is what we're doing get in line he's using this particular case cohortative to describe his desire and it's more invitational which hey yeah yaakov it's nice to be invitational um, and then we have this, he has been standing with me in the path that I have walked, which yes. if you recall was a big deal going back to the Lavon story of who's standing with who.
0: Right. And also such a great image of just the path yeah. that we all walk. And, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the teaching on Avraham is the the walk to yourself, right, but also that journey is walking to yourself and God is walking with you on that. Right. Right. He's there the whole time. And we see that. Yeah. We see that right here in the text. He has been standing with me in the path that I have walked. And it's also invoking the promise that God gave to him Mm. earlier. Right. Right. Uh, Which we've kind of been referencing a little bit here in the language God has anyways.
1: Right. And it's a big like a character growth curve from before last time he talked to God at length right, was under the ladder. Right. (laughs) He was like, look, if you give me food and you do all this stuff for me, then I'll tithe to you and you'll be my God, but we'll see about you. And now he's stating God has been with me the whole time, which so often is the eventual, uh, you know, place that survivors of difficult circumstances, um, Landon is being able to being able to see oh mm. I, I can recognize that God has been with me um, so that's really cool and it makes me wonder what is it about chapter 34 that sparked this particular you know moment of faith from Yaakov
0: yeah I I agree and I think that some of that is uh, his son's Right. Uh, kind of calling him out on stuff.
1: Stepping out and, and showing him. Right. How he should be caretaking for his right. family. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I think that he's he's beginning to listen.
1: That would be great.
0: Um, yeah. And... Uh, so he takes all of the foreign gods that were in their hands and the rings in their ears, which is interesting mm-hmm. uh, to think about that. What does that mean exactly? Like, is there some sort of reason that it would say it was in their hands versus just their foreign gods? Uh, and also why the rings in their ears? Another unusual uh piece of information
1: yeah i have an answer do you have an answer i don't (laughs) okay um so this i like to listen and learn from all sorts of people from all over whether or not they qualify under the you know academic or scholarly heading okay um so bear in mind that i have not checked the you know the (laughs) the scholarly dungeon of the different um places that you can go to to check stuff but I have heard that specifically rings in your ears is about service and if you had given yourself over to serving a particular patron whether that's a human one or a divine one one of the ways that you would mark that is you would go and put your um, ear by the post and then the patron would come and put an all threat.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and so specifically if they're shirking the patronage of other gods to meet, it's like, yeah, get your idols that you're carrying around and the rings in your ears and you no longer right. serve
0: them. Your symbols of service.
1: Right. It's pretty cool.
0: Uh, yeah, that is cool. And, and maybe even, you know, if this is including all of the people that they've just brought in, mm-hmm. uh, Maybe also if that's something that uh happened post them being brought into uh the family, right? Because if they're right. serving uh Yaakov's household, right. Uh is is this some sort of an equalizing move? I would think amongst so. Them?
1: And what's cool is all the people who came into the house were women, right? They're right. not men. And so there isn't circumcision for women, thankfully. Um, but they might, I mean, rings and ears is definitely a gender neutral thing during this time. Um, but giving them something that shows uh, you are not part of that covenant anymore. You're with us, you're walking with us is a very inclusive and cool move. And you know, um, removing, if it's not just rings in their ears, symbolizing service of foreign gods, but rings in their ears, uh, that marks service potentially of Yaakov's family. Right. It's also a big deal. Some liberation theology to sprinkle in there. So all good. And he buries them under a tree.
0: Right. And I noticed you didn't translate a type of tree for this, which the others do. Right. So, uh, They have uh, terebinth in the ESV, and the NIV and KJV both say oak. Well,
1: Uh, once again, that's just picking, you know, (laughs) picking mostly based on European uh, botany on what we think is a big tree. Uh, Which, hey, we're doing our best. Um, But the word here, again, is the ela word, which is not quite elon, which we'll see later when the gets buried under a tree, which we'll get to that in a minute. But um, it's still, the picture, a strong, twisted tree. It's the same kind of deal. It's just a different form. So we don't know. I I don't think oak trees are particularly twisted. But nevertheless, yeah, sure. Pick Rashi, whatever tre- tw- tweet. Pick whatever tree you Pick went. The tweet.
0: Uh, <laughs> Rashi says it was a terebinth because terebinth trees don't bear fruit.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And so you're burying the things that bear no fruit oh. under the terebinth tree, ba, 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 ba. which I like from a teaching standpoint. Absolutely. But, you know, he's just again, like you said, he's clearly just assigning a tree uh, with a, a a purpose. Right. Um, but yeah.
1: Uh, Also, by the way, a European tree, which Rashi
0: is from Europe. Right. It tracks. Yeah. So verse five, there was a knee-shattering terror of God over the cities surrounding them. Now, uh, I went and read. I I did not read it. It was too long. (laughs) I quickly skimmed uh, what can only be described as a detailed fan fiction of the battle between Yaakov and his sons and the surrounding cities. Oh, my. And uh, the parts that I did read were something else. Uh, and <laughs> what was most surprising was the level of detail that uh, was in this midrash about uh, the...
1: Ways so they decimated their enemies?
0: The ways they decimated their enemies.
1: Yeah, uh, juicy details for us, George?
0: Uh <laughs> I mean, just like uh, uh, Yehuda picks up this massive stone and throws it at a guy. And it's like describing how far the guy's shield has blown off his arm. and uh,
1: <laughs> Some real slow motion Zack yeah, Snyder type stuff. Yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs>
0: a couple of them jump onto the top of the walls of a city. And, Dope. You know, it's just uh, fantastical. And would make a great, like, Marvel-style movie. Maybe they got hops, George. Maybe, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe
1: they bring tiny trampolines with them everywhere they go. Yeah. Um, the ironic thing about that to me is it doesn't say there was a knee-shattering terror of Yaakov's family over the city surrounding them. And it kind of removes the miracle if the way that, like, this fear that other people had that kept Yaakov's family safe, if it was warranted. And it's not like, you know, a gift from God. <laughs> <Well, laughs> you just running around scaring sure. everybody.
0: There is a, also a very long prayer that Yaakov prays okay. that God would instill fear in their enemies. Dang. Um, Hardcore. So that is a part of it. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, I guess they did just murder everyone, Shechem.
0: Yes. And there's a long conversation amongst the other kings about uh, Yaakov and his 12 sons and the fact that two of them just went and destroyed an entire city by themselves.
1: Yeah, which I mean, of all the ways to gain a reputation, I wouldn't mind so much if our faith community was one that was known by really championing the rights of people who have experienced violence and that people would be concerned about perpetrating violence if, you know, um, there were such consequences. But alas, that's not the world in which we live.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah uh so that happens uh and they are not pursued
1: they aren't um they come to lose
0: yeah uh we come to lose in the land of canaan that is bet el again that's kind of referencing in my mind uh, it's the same location that avram comes to right uh and he builds there a place of slaughter just like avram
1: yeah it also says he and all the people that were with him which again inclusive inclusive all those women toddlers he didn't lose anybody
0: yeah. Uh he came to uh the place El Beit El for there the gods had been unveiled to him. I noticed you put a plural in there.
1: I didn't put a plural in there, George. The uh, the writers of the text, the spirit of the Lord put a plural The, the divinely in there. <laughs> inspired. <laughs> Indeed, do you doubt that this text is God-breathed? Um, so once again, it's been a while since I reminded everybody of this, but sometimes it switches to Ha Elohim and gives this definite article, which only comes before a title. Um, and that title is plural, And in my opinion and suggestion, if you went more on this, and um, certainly I'm not a polytheist. um, I nearly said polygamist. I'm not that either. Um, But shout out to The Bible Project. They've got a great little series on spiritual beings in the Bible. And they have a breakdown of why they think God is called... Elohim out of ha Elohim. Mm -hmm. And we've seen multiple times in the story, um, Yaakov is kind of an angel magnet. He sees them everywhere he goes, practically. That's an exaggeration. But he sees them at random points along the way, ends up commanding them last time he ran into them. So melding this idea that ha Elohim um, might be referring to the angels because it says, for there the gods had been unveiled to him as he was bolting from the face of his brother. And last time he was there was the last time he saw angels. Yeah. Right. Going up and down. So if we're saying, well, what are these gods? Are they the Egyptian gods? Or are they demons? Oh, I don't know. But, uh, last time he was here, there were angels. So right. I'm guessing they're angels.
0: Right. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Do the other translations just go with angels or what uh, did they they just do
0: they do? They just say God. Cowards. God appeared unto him. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> indeed. Uh, so speaking of chiasm structure, we have a chiasm here. I'll point it out real quick uh, in verses one through seven uh, in that uh, verse one opens with the uh, going to Bet-El, uh when God ap- uh, appears to him. And here in verse seven, uh, he called to the place El, and the gods had been unveiled to him. Uh, and working our way in verse six, we have all the people that were with him. Verse two, uh, to his house and all that were with him. Uh, verse three, I would have us rise up and go to Bethel. Uh, verse five, they pulled up their tent pegs and journeyed. Uh, and in the center, uh, we have, they gave to Yaakov all the foreign gods that were in their hands and the rings in their ears. Nice. Um,
1: Works for me for a center.
0: Yeah. So. We uh, also
1: have the parallels, l- 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 the parallelism though, of the strong twisted tree twice. Um, that right. The idols get buried under and then the
0: gets buried under. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. And speaking of Devorah.
1: Yes. Her name means honeybee, by the way. I forgot to say that um, while I was speaking.
0: Right. This is the first time we see her name Mm -hmm. in the text.
1: We do know that she came from Syria with Rivka because it specifically says that she loaded up her wet nurse and we commented on that back then. Right. Back in
0: chapter 24. Right. Uh, But it doesn't provide her name. And it's also interesting that she's mentioned here at all. Because how did she get here?
1: Hmm. Why isn't she just with Yitzhak?
0: Yeah. Why isn't she with Yitzhak? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) he's back
1: he's back he's uh, about to die george he's cock. <laughs> You're about to be put out of your yeah misery. but then
0: I, I have to live with the fact that i couldn't get his name down you got before it he sometimes. died i got it you know i it's practice fine. this in the car when i'm driving by myself <laughs> and i get to the point where like man i'm doing so well i've got it i've said it like five times in a row and it just kind of fluidly you know yeah, he's cock. that's great uh and so here we are
1: <laughs> it's all right. It's the thorn in your side that shall not be removed. Yep. All right. It um, keeps me humble. That's right. So she dies. Um, she which, dies. again, I want to know more about this lady. Um, is there a good midrash on her? Because she gets brought up.
0: Yeah. So Rashi uh, asked, asks the question, how came Deborah to be in Jacob's house? Uh, and he says it's because way, way back in Genesis 27- Uh, Rivka had promised Yaakov that she would send for him. Mm. And he says, Devorah is here because Rivka had sent her to Yaakov in this moment to bring him back.
1: I see. Well, that would be really lovely um, for redemption for Rivka so that she's not just ignoring her son.
0: Sure. Yeah. It's also kind of a bummer that she dies.
1: (laughs) Well, well, sure. (laughs) Um, But...
0: Yeah, so uh, she sent Deborah to him uh to tell him to leave that place and uh and uh come back. So
1: She gets buried, um and she's it's a significant enough moment that unlike the tree over the idols, this tree gets a name. Right. Alon Bachut Strong, twisted tree of weeping.
0: Yeah. Well, you could imagine that this person has uh, a special place for Yaakov. Yeah. who He spent a lot of time in the house. Um, right. and In the
1: tent of his mumsy.
0: Right. And so uh, the wet nurse would have had, you know, a lot of influence on his life. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So he names the tree uh, Alon Bakhut, which you have translated as strong, twisted tree of weeping. Mm-hmm. A uh, little bit different than Avram's tree, uh, the twisted tree of teaching. visions. Uh, and visions, but maybe it's the same tree. I don't know. Oh. Uh, gets a new name. Uh, lots of things get new names.
1: That's true. He's about to get renamed again.
0: Yes. So, verse 9 God was seen by Yaakov again, uh, which uh, I want to point out the significance of that wording because we've seen that before uh, with right. Avram being able to see God. Right. And it seems like that's the same case here. Yaakov uh, sees God mm-hmm. uh, because it says God was seen by him. Right. Uh, when he came from Padan Aram. Again,
1: which, anybody who says that Moshe is the only person to see God is wrong.
0: That's correct.
1: <laughs> okay. And then he blesses him. You heard it here first. Which this guy gets just a pile of blessings through he his does, life. So many. Yes.
0: I mean, he's he needs it let's be real (laughs) he
1: does he's lost a lot of people i just think it's significant because typically in our hashtag blessed culture we think of blessing usually as being like happy little gifts from above or just like nice words yeah like i hope you have a good trip is a blessing for us in our culture however blessings of we've seen in tanakh are big prophetic destiny changing utterances right they're not just like insert nice words here there is something specific that is given to you to alter the shape of your destiny which is pretty important when we get to things like the Beatitudes, right? Right. um, But so he gives it to him again, presumably, because he has not been walking as Yisrael.
0: Well, and this one mirrors the uh, name-changing of Avram, Mm -hmm. uh, more specifically than the previous one. And uh, the... uh, uh, Previous
1: one being the weird one, Angel. Yes. story.
0: Yeah. The weird one. And the rabbis point out that this one comes with a commandment from God in mm. that Yaakov will not be your name again. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a great, you know, if you're into the ransom captive theology, Ooh. uh, it's a good one yeah. uh, for that. You will never be in this place again. Mm. Um,
1: I'm, I'm into ransom captive theology, George.
0: Uh, great. So for Israel would be your name. So, uh, Uh, A very important transition, like you pointed out.
1: Uh, And we also have a repetition of the Shaddai, which go back to whatever episode that is where we talk about El Shaddai before. Right. um, And try our very hardest not to sing Amy Grant, but I go over like five different theories about what Shaddai means. Um, Well, I'll tell you, Ellen, because
0: (laughs) I looked in the ESV and it said, God Almighty, (laughs)
1: Okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, so go back to that episode. <laughs> um. Feel free to pick and choose from that f- list of five. Um. I would posit that Almighty is not one of them, but that's fine. Um. Bear fruits and become. It's just God's name, you know, not something that we should take seriously and try to um translate with faithfulness. <clears throat> um. so bear fruit and become many going back to creation and then um, now we have an assembly of nations shall be from you that's a new one like god's adding more color every time right. he does this yes the rabbis
0: say it's 70 okay uh, and that's you know they they loop that in with the uh, the other instances of 70 sure That appear throughout the text with the people of God, Sanhedrin elders, yeah, exactly.
1: Interesting. Is that a way to dilute the inclusion of the nations in God's, uh, you know, vision? Because while that's a theme in Tanakh, it's not usually a theme of the rabbis to be stoked about.
0: That's a good question. Uh, I am not sure. Uh, Because if they're trying to say each tribe or each, like, collection
1: that follows an elder is a nation... Right. Then so, that would be convenient for them.
0: Well, so they take a nation and say, well, that's Benjamin because he's not born yet. Okay. Well. And then assembly so of yes. nations. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Gotcha.
1: Okay. Well, kings will go forth from the place you make ready for battle. That's interesting and specific.
0: Right. And again, they link that to Benjamin. Cool. Because Shaul is the first king. Oh, yeah. Um, And here's where he's born so uh where does yaakov
1: make ready for battle by the way
0: that's a great question and Hmm. i I, yeah i'm sure
1: somebody knows Somebody who knows foreman or whatever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Enlighten us. Take the time to email us. Uh, Okay. The land that I gave to Abraham and Yitzchak to you, I will give into your seed after you. I give the land. God went up from over him in the place he had spoken with him. This reminds me a lot of Jesus ascending into heaven, by the way. Hmm. Like, just kind of. You know, vacuumed into the ceiling, um, which, by the way, some of the early Christian art around Jesus's ascension is some of my favorite Christian art because it's just like a pair of ankles <laughs> at the top, right of, at the the top frame. of the painting. It's amazing. Everyone should Google it. Okay. Those feet. Yeah, I guess. Go ahead.
0: Uh, he poured upon it an offering like molten metal. Uh, oh, yeah. He, so he's stationed his. Uh, a stationed stone Mm -hmm. Uh, and he does the offering like molten metal. He cast oil like molten metal upon it. This is just like he did uh, the last time when he had the visions of the angels going up and down the stairs. Right. Uh, And uh, so tell me uh, also with the offering like molten metal, Mm -hmm. uh, we usually see that translated as drink offering. Sure. And so, um, uh is this specifically a uh the literal text says an offering like molten metal and that's why we don't see this translated here as drink offering or is there another uh, intentional reason behind why they might have said uh drink offering in the other translations uh what's your opinion there
1: um So it wouldn't be like 100% out of place um, to call it a drink offering. Um, It doesn't actually say one of our, you know, 10 words for offering. And then the word drink, like it's not that literal. Specific. Uh It's a word, nesach. And nesach is used for when you are making something out of molten metal. So that's why I include it. Um, But it's also used... Um, this is actually the first time it's been used, um, but we see it in the Levitical structure next to grain offering and other things. Okay. Um, and so it's specifically, um, you know, it's specifically linked to that picture. Um, and also, the way that he pours it out is um, part of his dad's name because uh, it's the word. Uh, <laughs> so um, like the whole part of his name.
0: <laughs>
1: um you i laughed he laughed <laughs> sarah laughed yeah, the way, the way, true the way that it's poured uh
0: <laughs> is like laughter
1: indeed is like his name so he's echoing his dad here which is right. probably a good thing. Um, there's also something to the fact that the foreign gods that they just got rid of might have been metal and the molten image, the graven image, is another time that this word comes up. And a calf are just leapt those. out of it.
0: A calf, oh
1: yeah. <laughs> okay, Aaron. <laughs> um, but so, I mean, I'm not mad at anybody who wants to say libation or whatever, even though it's archaic and whatever. Um, but... That's why I went with offering like molten metal because that's what, what's there in the word. I do want to point out, though, before we keep going, that we've got these little repetitions that I think are very important. Of um, He says, El Bet El, right? And then he says, your name, Yaakov, will not be your name again, Yaakov. So we've got another repetition there. And then the third one is stationed to station stone and the place he had spoken with them as station stone. Yeah. So we've got these three... Very
0: specific. Yeah,
1: three um, exceedingly specific, overly specific, one might say, on our precious um, parchment that we're writing Tanakh on. Um And that parallelism would put, of course, in the middle, Yaakov. Um, and so I think it's possible that he is being compared to this station stone and this house of God. Okay. Right? Um, because the parallel between the station stone and Bethel yeah, before he, some symbolism. Yeah. That's those go together because the reason he's calling it Bethel is before he pulled, Made a station stone and poured oil on it, right? So those go together. That happened after the Jacob's Ladder story, and now he's in the middle, and so it's almost like a mini Peter story of God being like, um, putting him in line with being like a station stone before. Okay, you were this crooked usurper, heel grabbing, and now I'm giving you a new name, and we talked about possible meanings for that. Um, you're not going to run anymore, right? That's the theme behind the, the hip being broken, um, or whatever we decided really happened there with those joints. And now you are like this station stone and I'm going to repeat it multiple times so that we catch it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's totally plausible. Um, I did something a little different with it. All right, um, do tell. In that I took this pattern of the station stone and then uh, them pulling up their 10 pegs and journeying. Okay. Uh, and tied that to the later reference of that. In verses 20 and 21, where uh, he stations a station stone upon her grave. This is the station stone of Rachel until this day. Uh-huh. And Israel pulled up their tank pegs and journeyed okay. as a chiastic structure around the death of Rachel. Okay. Uh, in verses uh, 16. Uh, sure. 17 and 18. Uh and nineteen. So, um, but that's getting into part two. All right. Well, uh, let's look at it, which is sixteen through twenty-nine. So, we have right here at the beginning uh, that death of Rachel, and uh, it comes with the birth of Benjamin.
1: Uh, Benjamin uh, specifically.
0: Yeah, Benjamin, and uh, who gets two names? He does. Uh, ben Oni and Ben Yamin. Mm-hmm. Or bin Yamin. Mm-hmm. Uh, And so tell me about this section.
1: Okay, so before we talked about the tradition, which is fairly well known, that Rachel may have died because Yaakov accidentally made this oath about anyone who is holding on to idols secretly shall die. Um, And there is a little bit of a potential text reference to that in that Ben-Oni, Son of My Empty Panting, that word panting is sometimes used used in reference to idols, like in the prophets it'll say um, that people are panting after idols a lot. Okay. It's a a frequent image, and so you can make a little tie there. Um, Although, technically, of course, that's more about Binyamin than about her. Um, But she's been the one empty panting, I guess, panting emptily. Uh, But yeah, the way the text deals with this is interesting, um, because they point out that she's come to Ephrata, which means I will be fruitful, which is, by the way, rather frequently used as a kind of irony a literary irony because um she's not fruitful right she hasn't had the five million right. kids that leah has had she's having two and then she's dying and then um in the story of Ruth, uh Ruth's husband and her husband's family are also from Ephrata, and they're supposed to be from this fru- fruitful tribe uh and yet those sons names are Machlon and Khilion, which have to d- which means the diseased one and the fainting one. And Oh yeah they both die in the famine um so it's kind of a point from the text of hmm isn't this interesting uh also eprata is the name of um one of the tribes that doesn't exist yet
0: pointing that out. Right, one of uh, Joseph's sons.
1: Right. Um, And so just a reminder that the story is not written immediately after it happened, but much later. Not necessarily hundreds of years later, but, you know, it's not... Yaakov wrote it down right before he perished and Moshe picked it up along the road somewhere.
0: Right, yeah. Well, I mean, talking about timeline, the uh, Rashi... uh, says that if you do the math of dates that are mentioned in the text when uh Yitzchak dies you did it I did it I took a pause I (laughs) uh searched deep within myself and I did it
1: uh and when uh he dies uh at
0: 180 years old uh Yosef has already been sold into slavery uh, mm. And that happens when he's 108 years old Oh dear, interesting uh, And so He is alive through that entire time period And sees would see therefore the birth of Yosef's sons uh, Oh, interesting And such So,
1: Well, that stinks that Yitzchak is silent Through that whole portion of the text Right <laughs> Uh, not really walking into his calling there, but yeah. Oh well. Okay. Um so she's there and the station stone is there, quote, until this day. And he right. pitches his tent beyond the tower of the flock.
0: Yeah. Uh which the other translations say Tower of Eder. Sure. Uh which seems like just an untranslated word. It's odd that they wouldn't just translate that tower because if it says tower just say tower, please. Indeed. Um, instead of leaving us in mystery.
1: Yep. They. I think they just leave Hebrew words in there to scare you at Bible study or youth group or whatever when it's your turn to read <laughs> They can't have you get too right. confident, that so they throw out some it, Hebrew. <laughs> unless, it,
0: unless it's a name that you really need to know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh yeah uh
1: indeed okay so it was when yisrael abided or abode or was hanging out in the land that uh ruven shows up
0: yes uh ruven walked and lay down with bilha uh pilagesh, pilagesh of his father uh Yisra, uh yisrael's Shemad. so uh verse 22 is an odd verse mm-hmm. uh and especially in that it directly just flows right into, there were 12 sons of Yaakov.
1: Little money genealogy in case we forgot.
0: lists out the genealogy. Uh, so what do you make of this?
1: What do I make of it? Uh, other than that Ruben needs to calm down. <laughs> um, yeah. Why is this here? Yeah. Um,
0: well, the Midrash has a teaching on this. Oh, great. Uh, which uh, is an interesting one. And uh, I, I kind of, I like what they do with this. Uh, and I think it makes sense with what we see coming next in the genealogy. Uh, and also in the statement, Yisrael Shemad, uh, which seems like a weird <gasps> thing. Ooh. So, uh,
1: I think I just got there.
0: Okay, well, let me let me read this. Spin your tail, George. Spin my tail. So uh, this is from the Talmud, uh, and it says, now the sons of Yaakov were 12, so highlighting the end of verse 22. Sure. The fact that the Torah stated the number of Yaakov's sons at that point in the narrative teaches that even after the incident involving Bilha, all of the brothers were equal in righteousness. Apparently... Uh, Reuben did not sin uh, <laughs> well let me let me get there so th- how then do I establish the meaning of this verse uh, and it goes on to say and he lay with Bilha his father's concubine the plain understanding of this verse indicates sin this verse teaches that Reuben, um, uh, and here's, here's what they do with this. He says, this verse teaches that Reuben rearranged his father's bed in protest of <laughs> Yaakov's placement of his bed in the tent of Bilhah and not in the tent of his mother Leah after the death of Uh, Rachel. uh And so the verse ascribes to him liability for his actions as if he had actually lain with Bilhah. Um, and so it's not that he goes and lays with his brother's mother. It's that he uh, uh, is protesting the fact that his father has chosen Bilha over Leah after the death of Rachel and so he goes and trashes his room
1: (laughs) okay I do find that compelling um because I do find it quite possible that Yisrael slash Yaakov would continue to spurn Leah yeah and that the boys would be upset about that as they've kind of been our arbiters of justice for a while
0: and it doesn't say this in the Talmud here at least that I could find but I think that makes sense in that immediately after it says Yisrael Shema mad right so he, he listened he to listened.
1: Um, I'm going to offer an alternate to that but the one of the reasons I'm just going to cast a little bit of doubt on that nice little theory that nothing untoward actually happened uh, is that in Genesis 49 verse 4 Yaakov is giving his blessings to his sons and the first one up because he's the Bukhor is Rebim and he says you went onto your father's bed onto your couch and you defiled it Um, so it's hard and it's the same word, which is what I'm about to pull out here is the same word that is used about Dina. Right. So, (laughs) you know, I doubt that he got up to, you know, that much trashing that he, you know, did something gross to the bed, but it it seems pretty specific. Um, right. hmm. Well,
0: yeah. And, uh, That was mentioned in other Midrash, right? This is just one interpretation. There are other midrashes that go with the other interpretation. Great. Um,
1: Okay, here's the way I want to spin it. Why is it right here? I want to say it's right here because Genesis 34 is right before this part. So in that story, we had a story of someone in the family, Dina, um, being desecrated. And dad's response to that was nothing. And here we have someone in the family doing the same, the Bila, and it says that Yisrael Shemad, and it doesn't say what he does. Well, Genesis 49 tells us what he does to Rubain, which is basically cut him off from blessing. Um, He does not give him a lovely prophetic destiny. He says, you will no longer excel. That's not, that's just the NIV. That's not my translation, but you know, you will no longer be successful is not a good blessing. So he he actually listens, he attends to the problem. That's a big deal for Yaakov. So I think that it's in parallel to that. And that's why it's shoved in here after um, Rachel's death.
0: Yeah. The Midrash also says that when they read this text, they don't translate specifically that verse because they don't want people who don't know the text to, um...
1: Know what Ruvain did?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Huh. You know, there's a lot of stories in which God's people don't come out looking that great, so it's kind of funny when we want to hide one specific one. I mean, I guess there's not that many stories about Ruvain in the text, so maybe if you're from the tribe of Ruvain, it super sucks if the only time your patriarch shows up, he's up to no good. Um... So I can see some honor culture happening there maybe. But uh, And then I think that the 12 kids are listed here because Yosef and Benjamin are finally there completing our 12 tribes.
0: Sure, we got the whole thing.
1: Well, kind of 12 tribes because it's really going to be Yosef's two sons. But details.
0: Yeah. Um, and so uh, Yaakov comes to Yitzchak, his father
1: finally and makes it to Mamre,
0: right and they buried him asav and yaakov his sons after his death so there's this uh final reuniting of the sons right um, working together yeah uh the uh, one midrash uh uh from uh uh, Rabbi Levi said, in the hour of the ingathering of Isaac, he left his cattle and his possessions and all that he had to his two sons. Therefore, they both rendered loving kindness to him, as it is said, in Esau and Yaakov, uh, his sons buried him. Mm. So they extend an extra redemption and that Yaakov still blesses both of them with dividing the house.
1: Mm. Interesting. Well, I don't see that here, but that would be nice.
0: Well, he said that's the reason that they're both here together burying no, him.
1: Not that they're good sons because they're there for stuff. Um, I do want to draw attention to the way that death is talked about in this chapter where three people die. Okay. Um we don't see anything about Devorah's death that tells us anything about the biblical understanding of death, just says that she died. However, when Rachel died, it says, as her soul was departing. As her soul was departing, yeah. comma, for she died, comma. Um, so if your team annihilationist, you know, that's fine. But where's her soul going? Do tell, tell me. Where's her soul off to? That's interesting. Um, and then when Yitzchak dies, he breathes out empty, um, which is something that we've seen when other people die, is this idea of the body being empty. He's gathered to his people, old and abundant with the days, and again, we have this ancestor imagery there gathered to his people, which sometimes we try to make very specifically about like, well, that just means that he went to the crypt where everybody else was buried. Um, however, the only other people who were buried by the Oaks of Mamre are Avraham and Sarah, right? And it also says that Avraham was gathered to his fathers and there is nobody else in that cave. So, just interesting little thoughts on death. Yeah. It's nearly October, right?
0: Yeah, this is our Halloween episode.
1: (laughs) A whole month in advance. Well, no matter what being gathered to his people means, Asav and Yaakov have come back together. That's great. I envision it being slightly awkward because last time Asav and Yaakov saw each other, Yaakov totally lied to him and right. said, "Yeah, I'll catch you in Sae at any moment."
0: Right. And there's no transition here into how that went. There's no you no know, small window. paragraph, yeah.
1: Yep. Mystery. All right. Well, next thing we have coming up is a lengthy, repetitive genealogy of Asaf. So, you don't want to miss that folks right
0: it's time for some (laughs) listener questions it
1: is time for some listener
0: questions it's been a while so it's about time indeed they've built up
1: they have i've got a stack uh all right if you have questions you can find me at algorafricks at gmail.com
0: this has been the text in us podcast thank you so much for joining us and we hope that you will join us again next week for genesis chapter 36
1: woohoo bye